Hello, hello, hello. Mr. Silverman, please take a seat. Ha! Okay, I'll just say it. Now, this is Officer PC Smithington. Who is you are? I am, yes, sir. And I'll be conducting um, this interview well, this, into the events of... This is, what did you say this is, then? I'm recording it on cassette for uh, our uh, police records, sir, so they can be pointed up at a later Are you a citizen of the date. police? Is that what it is? You're a citizen of the police? Is no. That- that's because not a real job, sir. I'm a policeman, and Mr. Silverman, you are in serious trouble. Please what? tell us what you were doing on the night of the Friday, the 17th of March, 2023. Well, um, we were uh, doing with my podcast, I was doing... A and that is this cheap show podcast, sir. I was doing a fundraiser uh, for the characters on the on the show. They, uh, they, f- they feel, for whatever reason, that they have been... Uh, <laughs> Keep it together, sir. It's a very serious case. You're in, you're in oh, a lot of trouble, sir. Where do you live, by the way? It's not your. Listen, this is not your business no, to I question think, the police, sir. I think sir. it's one of those rules where you're allowed to ask the police officer where they if, if I can shit in your hat. Where you were can... you? Where, where were you born? Real. What, what road? Let's be Avenue. Was it? Was it nine nine nine? Let's be Avenue. I, I think, you, sir, it's very funny, isn't it, to make fun of a policeman's job when you're in quite a lot of trouble yourself, sir. Did you have lunch today? Yes. What did you have? I had Irish <laughs> stew. In this one instance, sir, yes, I was having an Irish stew for my dinner today, sir. But this is not the matter where we are talking and okay. how we want to know what you had to do with the theft of over £1.2 million, pounds, sir, uh, in uh, online illegal financial trading. Uh, no, nothing. I was just a Your fundraiser. show, sir, your fundraiser, quote-unquote, was actually a front for nefarious terrorist and drug organisational money uh, yeah, I know, but it wasn't us. It was it was Richard Brandoff. Have you heard of Richard Brandoff? Look on the police computer. A lot of the people we've been interviewing have brought up this name. We've had a, a it was team him and Yeti. his henchman, Jimmy Biscuits. Ah, yes, Jimmy Biscuits has been on our books also for a while. Also known as sir. the Great Jamez. Yes, no, he goes by a fair few na- aliases. We've got them all written down here. Uh, Jimmy Biscuits, Bobby Biscuits, Alan Biscuits, Biscuits Biscuits, Biscuits Biscuits, Tim Biscuits, Biscuits Steve Biscuits, 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 the Biscuits. Big Jamez, the Great Jamez, the Hairy Jamez, the Hairy Jamez. Yes, that's what I can give up a few times. Yes, the Squirty Jamez, Jimmy's Jimmy's. <laughs> He has very. He has a lot of uh, aliases. Jimez, 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 Jimez. <laughs> Just one of his. I don't find this funny, sir. At sorry, all. I'm sorry, officer. You are in a lot of trouble. I am sorry, officer. Now, what are your dealings with this Richard Brandoff, sir? Well, um, he is a character on our show, and he does a lot of work with us. Uh, he has a segment which he... Uh, you now, know. you work with a... Uh, you say you work with him, sir. Uh, I just need to point this out. He is a wanted terrorist, murderer, crime lord, and We know, we know, but fiend. because of a, a, a contract we entered into him, it, it, when the when the, um, the show was green behind the ears... Um, so we, he funded we, we your signed, podcast, then, didn't yes, he, for a while, We've got sir. this bit on our podcast, right, where we take branded items and then yes. the off-brand... Equivalent. This podcast blind, sounds very poor, sir. We do a blind taste test. Doesn't sound officer. as good as one of those uh, Joshua Witty Come podcasts I like I'm to listen so, well, to. I'm not trying to sell you the podcast. I'm just trying to explain oh, I myself. Oh, listen to the podcast, sir. You should be very ashamed of what you put I'm out. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to defend it or anything like that. I'm just trying to say. And there's this po- this segment which we call Off Brand Brandoff. And because of the similarities Listen, to this let's man's just skip name. to the end. Do, where is Richard Brandoff? You he, have associations with him. You have contacts with him. He Tell fled, us where he, he is. He fled with all the money, which he somehow turned into actual cash by the end of the 
and we didn't know anything about it. We thought it was a legitimate well, it turns enterprise. Out. I was just being hired as a presenter, essentially. So I didn't. Neither myself nor my co-host Paul Gannon knew anything about what was going to happen. Ah, and yes, we well, thought it was a legitimate charitable enterprise. Well, we have Paul Gannon in the next room speaking to one of our other officers, and we'll be interviewing him shortly. Oh, you do? Yes, we will. You do really? Do and you? We believe we'll break him. Well, he'll tell you exactly the same as me. He'll say. We had nothing to do with it, and we, in good faith, we wanted to support the charities that were claimed to be the beneficiaries of the of the fundraiser. Now then, now then, now then, Mr. Gannon. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Gannon. Am I in trouble? Now then, now then, if you would like to take a seat at Her Majesty's pleasure and sit yourself there. Can I just ask a question? Now then, now then, now then. I, I believe I have the right to ask a question. You, do you want to take a shit in my helmet? Right, two questions. Second, first question now though, then, is where, now then. Where, 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 are you, where do you live? What? I live in 999 Letsby Avenue. There's always bound to be one. I do accept bribes of stew of a certain nationality. Scottish? No, almost. Uh, I'll, I'll think of it eventually. So anyway, what am I here for? I've done nothing. No, I put it to you. Yeah? That you ripped off a lot of people with your sham fundraiser. What is it here? I've got it written down here. Red Knob Day, sir. Red Knob Day. Now, tell me, who is to blame for this massive theft of money from the public? Eli Silverman did it, sir. Eli Silverman's a bad boy and he set me up and it's nothing to do with me. It's all everyone else, not me. I'm innocent in all these charges and I've done nothing wrong, Your Honour. I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. People love noodles. It's just a fact of cheap show you're going to have to learn to fucking accept. Cheap show. go and I nuzzle. Hello everybody, welcome to Cheap Show, I'm Paul Gannon. You bastard. And that's Eli Silverman. Uh, Paul, yeah. Th- before we get into it, I've been getting so many messages from Teen Yeti. I mean, he liked the, uh, he the, liked the show uh, and everything, and, yeah. you know, but he did, he was, he's going on about this lyric that you made him cut because of time, you said? Yes. I, but I, he's I, saying I, that yeah. he's got his lawyer now. It doesn't matter what he says. He's got his lawyer involved. And he, he said, signed the contract that said we get final cut. Well, that's not what he seems to believe, and he's he's very. He's don't very... give a fuck what he believes. He did a charity single for charity, which apparently now was not a charity and a scam. So what's he going to do? Sue us? Well, he's moaning about. It. He's saying that you, as a friend of his, the lyric is. Oh, okay. Why don't you just say the lyric, Eli? The lyric because you're is... so proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I can't. It's Teen Yeti. He let, won't get off my let's back. Just Pull the curtains back and show the beefy innards of the truth. Teen Yeti will not get off my back, and he won't. And he wanted it to, the lyrics. Yeah, go to be on, included. tell me that lyric that he, he wrote that he's so proud of. You know, his song was all about um, oh, Christ cryptids. Yeah, and having them needing yeah. invi- a, a, a place to live and yeah. a place to haunt, or yes. you know, or, yeah. or, or terrorize. Yeah, terrorize. Yeah, the lyric was oh, God. cryptids need environs like crease shirts need irons. 
Yeah, and that's why it was cut, wasn't it? For pacing. It's very good, I think. It's nothing to do with me. Well, yeah, well then you'll then you'll be fine when I say what a gobshite load of shit that fucking lyric was. Well, he's, and I'm glad know, he I does cut listen to the flow. show, so he might be angry. He might be angry next time you see him. That's well, what I'm saying. Well, look, TX so got what should I say problems. to him? I, I need to tell him something. Con- he won't stop calling me. Literally got this contract that here that says, although he is writing the song for us, we get full editing um, final say in the final edit of the show. And it was only two seconds to get down for the track. He was saying something about having to pay. He has to now has to pay Big Daddy Bigfoot because of the percentage of the song. That well, that's between him and him. We only, him. We only hired he him. He had won that extra lyric because he does these Yeah, very... but that's on him. His contract was between us and Team he Yeti. Share he writing... brought in. He has to share a writing credit. Yeah, but with... he brought in Bigfoot of his own fucking accord, didn't he? So that's Big on Daddy him. Bigfoot. I've spilt my coffee on my <laughs> kex now. Got angry. All right, I'll let him know what you're saying, okay, Paul? What we we got... didn't ask for Bigfoot to be in it. That's on him. If he goes in money, he has to sort okay, that out. Okay. Our contract was between us and fucking him. And we've got the police breathing down our neck. I know. We've got 1.2 million pa- money floated through our charity fundraiser last week. Well, that was we've a... got bloody Squishy Jim and, and bloody uh, Lady Blob arguing that their song was cut in for... Uh, they didn't like that. I know, like they didn't that. like that, did they? No. Milky Hughes pissed off in a, in a huff now. Oh, Milky Hughes is the, the standout, Breakout I think. star of that episode. We've got Orphan Boy and Blue Ball saying they were exploited. Well, you did exploit Orphan Boy, didn't you? Yeah, completely. Because I thought we were raising money for charity. And I thought, if I took a few pictures of a poor person with me, ka-ching, right? Ka-ching. <laughs> ka-ching. <laughs> ka-ching. We raised now, money. Hello, welcome to Cheap Show, the economy comedy podcast. Hello. Where week by week... We go through the charity shops, the bargain bins, the poundishlands of the poundishlands. Pound <laughs> Hello, poundishland. Hello, I'm Monkey Jim. <laughs> and I go to the poundishland. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, poundland should be called poundishland because, frankly. Fucking pound my knobland. Pound it off, land. Is that all you've got? Go then? into poundland, go to the back, sit in an aisle, pound it off quietly. <sighs> quietly. <laughs> Smother it. <laughs> like you're choking a baby bird. Push it down method. Have you ever had the push it down method? Ugh. What do you mean push it down when you like place you a fully erect penis it. between Paul, your I'll, thighs? I'll explain it to you. you don't Please ha- explain it to me. You don't actually wank it off. You just push it down. You just push it down. What, like you're, like, like you're, like you're pulling a pint? Do you know what I ate when I wake up with a full bonk on and the doorbell goes because it's a parcel and I've got to figure out where to put my erection before I get to the door to get mm. the parcel, you know? Mm. I don't want to have to have dirty the- thoughts in your sleep. <laughs> no, most men get engorged during deep sleep. And when they're coming out of it, and that's normal. why if you wake up early, you can wake up with a proper stalk. Sometimes I look down on that m- morning stalk and I think, why can't you be like that all the time? Yeah. Why can't my jam time foot erections be as firm as my morning would? Well, it really makes you think because it's a natural biological thing that happens. Yeah. All those fucking evil... That's what I told the police in the evil, park. Evil, pious, religious people who, yeah. t- who tell pit young men that it's a... A sin. That it's a sin and you literally wake up with it. Wake up with a know? big old rod. What are you meant to do with that? And Well, I know what I'd do with it. You show it to the postman. <laughs> I say, I'll swap your package for mine. How about that? Oh, fuck off. You want me to slip it through the letterbox? Oh, this is... No, what I do worse. is... This is the worst. What I worst. do is I tend to, like, lift it up and then tuck it on my waistband so it's yeah, kind of... That's a good hiding in. place. Yeah. And that, and then... Straight up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I usually do with well, my that's pajama not, I bottoms. I think that's a, a universal method. Yeah. Well, that's what I do, and it's what's worked for me. Anyway, if you have problems with morning bonks, how do you hide them? In a pie. In a pie. <laughs> that's, the, that's the theme of 
American Pie, isn't is it? Is it? Yeah. You decided to just... I've never seen that film. Well, good. I'm glad you referenced it, How though. How many of them? There were loads of them, weren't there? There was like three official films, and then Why there was a load of so straight to video. Why was so funny? He burnt his knob in a pie. Does he burn it wasn't his knob? Burn. It was because Does he, he cook his knob? It was, Does no. he get too hot and he cooks his knob like no, that man in some, the Finder's crispy pancake? No, you ever he, see that headline? I cooked my knob in a Finder's crispy yes, pancake. Yes. Oh! That's the kind of lyric that you'd expect. Uh, <laughs> you expect the thingy Brightman, Sarah Brightman Sarah to Sarah Brightman, oh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. But, uh, you know, I burnt my cock in a Finder's <laughs> Crispy. <laughs> I haven't had a Finder's Crispy pancake in ages. I think they're quite hard to find these days. I know, it's mostly like Iceland, I think, still sell them, maybe. It's those more yeah. sort of towards the bottom. Yeah. Happy shoppery kind of things. Mm. Yeah, a lot of does... those heritage sort of cheaper things uh, have ended up in BM, haven't they? Yeah. I so it's kind of a last... nostalgia. I met this dirty girl last night and I went out, pulled her dress down. Fucking hell, Finder's crispy pie. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you'd use it now. Oh, to fucking describe... Frey Bentos hadn't risen. And then I pulled out my savloy, my sad savloy, my sad weepy savloy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Weepy's done it. Weepy's done it. <laughs> the word Weepy always makes me laugh. I like Weepy things. Uh, there's uh. only... It's like, the things that weep are like wounds and wee-wees. My Weepy Savloy, it likes to cry at night. I wake up in the morning when he's nice and hard and bright. I took him under my waistband as I go to get the post. But this is the thing I love to do the most. And here One, he two. comes now. He goes... Enough from Eli this week. Join us next week where Eli attempts a real sentence. Come round here. Oh. Coming up on the show today, we have some vinyl joys to bring you and a Gannon's Golden Games. Keeping it simple this week, although. Oh, are you going to sneeze or cough? Oh, I thought. So you did then, you fucking liar. That's why I paused, innit? So. You ready to go? You look like you're really ill. Can I just say that? You look really ill. Like do I? death's door ill. You no, look I don't. haggard. I do not. You do. You look haggard. Stop projecting. You I'm love this death look projection. Look. I'm not projecting You're the pure death. mortality projection machine. I'm not projecting anything. I feel fine. Well, you look like shit. I do not shit. look like shit. To mine eye, you do. I'm in a grey light. To my weepy eye, you look haggard. Just cut this bit and no, fucking start again. In. Start you again. You look like shit. I, I don't. I've shaved. I've washed my grundle. <laughs> my bits are clean. My so, hair is combed. Are you saying I look like I have a smelly unwashed penis? Uh, I do not. And that is a slur. I will slur too far. Let me sniff it now and we can put this to bed. I will just pat, pat the trouser area and <laughs> see if any waftage comes off. Yeah, what kind of waftage are you expecting? Any meaty smells. When was the last? What do you mean meaty smells? I washed it fucking within the hour. What, in a bowl of gravy? (laughs) Did you wash your cock in gravy? Is that what you do? It's called the gravy diet. Is it? The gravy diet. The Bisto regime. (laughs) The Bisto regime. It it helps with the dead skin. Yeah. 
So you just dunk. What is like, so you take your junk out and you put it in a nice, I, I presume, mixing bowl well, size. Well, no, bowl. you've got to get a thick gravy. You've got to get a thick gravy. Got to get real thick now, gravy. do you go for beef or is it chicken? Do you like to mix it up? They you suggest go, beef, but yeah, I've regular. Seen. It's fine. Chicken's fine. It could just. It could be a knorr veggie. Oh. As well, knorr vegetable. Get your knob out. <laughs> I put my knob in knorr. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but you put it in the fridge. You do it. What your a... knob? No, the gravy. <laughs> you put the gravy in the fridge, and then till it's all quite semi gelatinous. Yeah, and then and you then pull it out. That's when you dunk it. Oh, and you yeah. dunk. So you wash it cold in cold gravy. Yeah, because the shock of the cold also helps with the uh, ball retraction, the rejuvenation, yes. the tightening. That's true. I think I mentioned Scrotal this. Scrotal tightening. Yeah, bring. Oh, it's a sudden shock. It resets your gullets. Yes. So can you smell the gravy? What's I've done my dick in? No. All I could smell is the death of fish. <laughs> the death of fish. The fish death. A fish death weft. It's coming from your belt area. <laughs> fish chimney. Right, I do some. Pro- I've got to do some proper admin now. You've got to do some what? Well, you've fucking laid out the land and the layout for that, haven't you? Because we. Oh, fuck off. I'm keeping that in you now. No, please. I'm keeping don't. that in now. Come on. I'm- oh, oh, mate. Oh, I'm keeping this in. No. This is a war crime. No. This is a pod war crime. No, you f- don't open the window, let it out. I don't want it. Ugh. Ugh. It smells like your balls in gravy. <laughs> it's disgusting. You Shut horrible up. fucking dog. You dirty fucking dog. Don't. I ought to rub your face in that. Don't put it. Don't. Now you've got the window open. Well, and now wait. all the outside noise is going to come in. Because I fucking care oh. about you. Oh. Oh. Christ. <sighs> <sighs> That's a low point for you, that. That's a low point for both of us, that. Oh, can I do some serious admin? I'm trying to let you, mate. I was just doing, going about my business. Your business stinks of fucking dog eggs. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, with that auspicious start, I can now formally oh, announce the good. opening for entries to Your Envision 2023. We are doing the show on, what do we say? On June 2nd, 2nd, Friday, live. I haven't picked if we're going to do it on Twitch or YouTube, but it will be a live stream event. If you saw our, was it 2021 we did it last? Was it that long ago? Yeah, we didn't do it last year at all. So It I was presume, within the pandemic. Uh, no, we came out of the pandemic. We just didn't get around to doing it last year <laughs> for various boring reasons. We also had the live show coming up, so that was kind of our main precedent that year. What was the last time we did it? We did it with the puppets. Was that the last time? That was time? the one we did the puppets, and we had all the video uh, guests, and we had like... And you uh, those fish crisps, I'm Fish mistake. crisps, yeah. yeah. That's that. Hopefully nothing like that will happen this year. Oh, no. Oh, it, it would. No, there's so, no way we that would happen. The show will go live on Friday, the second of June. It will be released as a podcast on the ninth, uh, with the video versions and all that kind of stuff. However, the deadlines are now open for you to submit your song. The deadlines are open. The no, what's the word I'm looking for? The entry is the, entry is open. The the, the, the grundle is God, open. Please and please, could you? Oh God, I. You're, we are now open to entries for your <laughs> I'm envision. I'm always open to entries. <laughs> <laughs> For 2023's Your Envision. Just go down the spot and pickle. There are there. a few Open to very entries. important things I need to stress. Explain. Could you just explain to people who might have been listening for less than two years yeah. what Your Envision is, Paul? Your Envision you is should do that. our version of Eurovision. But instead of it being a multi-whatever European it's a song contest. Thing, it's a song contest. 
We want you to send us a track that you have made and it can't be any more than two minutes. If it's two minutes and five seconds, that's fine. Whatever. But we're not doing anything more than two minutes because some tracks get instantly disqualified for being too long. Yes, it'll just be a waste of your effort and, uh, and everything else if you yeah. do make it too long. It's mostly because we realise from doing it in the past that Eurovision can drag on. Eurovision can drag on, right? So if we keep the song short, we can keep the voting short, we can have more fun with the show. Also, we're only going to have 10 finalists this year. Again, for running time purposes. Yes, keep it. We've, we've, we're going to keep a trim and ship shape ship. Yeah, the ship. We're going to trim. Tucked in, trim, trim. Tucked into our waistbands. Totally. It's, it's going to be totally snug in the pocket. So yeah, if you want your chance to be a finalist on your Envision 2023, bear in mind keep it to about two minutes if possible. Paul, yes. Is there anywhere people can go? To see the, what kind of songs we've had in the past, because we have a, ve- a huge range of different types of songs that people do. Yeah. Sometimes they do use vocal samples from the episodes podcast. of the podcast. Sometimes, Sometimes original compositions. write a huge original composition from it doesn't the have to scratch. have lyrics in either. It doesn't have to be funny either, does no, it? No, it doesn't necessarily have to be funny or... Just, but it wh- can be. It could be whatever it could be you anything. want. The only stipulation is... Two minutes, please. That's it. Uh, If it's way too long, it's an automatic disqualification. Now, we have to... We got a load of entries in for the last one, and we boiled it down to like 13 tracks or whatever. I think it was 13 in the final, yeah. So we're going to get 10 this time out, and we're going to try and pick 10 very different types of tracks. Where can people hear the... uh, On the previous shows. uh, Well, hear the entries. Are they posted on the website? So we have on our... Cheap Show website, thecheapshow.co.uk. If you just, or even if you just type into Google your Envision 2020 or 2021, you'll go to those and you'll hear this. And also, it's on Bandcamp as well. Cheap Show, your Envision are on Bandcamp. You can listen for that for free. Thank you. They're all our previous uh, entries, Some including the winners. Some really great stuff in there. So we're hoping we can get a nice mix of the weird and wonderful because some are really heartfelt and some are really touching and some are mad bad bollocks. We love it all. We do. But we if, love you want it all. A, if you want a good chance of being in the final, keep it to two minutes. Please. Because uh, I had to take a, turn away a load of really good tracks that were like four minutes. Well, or, that's what I mean. So, it's yeah. just a waste of your effort if you make it longer so, than two to minutes. To wrap this all up, entries are now open as of release of this episode. And the deadline to get them in, I believe, is the 5th of May. Friday, the 5th of May. So people have about, what, a month and a bit okay. to get them in. Uh, yes. And we, then the show will be a month after that. And then yeah. the show will be a month after that at the beginning of June. So, your envision is open. Yay! Huzzah! Now, open up the window, because this room still smells of your guts, Eli. No, it doesn't. It fucking does, and I want to honk. You're a dirty dog, and I'm going to rub your face you in your listen, shit one I day. saw the latest digitizer you in the woods. It looked like you'd ate, eaten something very bad. Why? That'd make you grunt a lot. Yeah, well, I thought they were going to edit those out. They didn't, though, did they? I got done over like a kipper. Ah, stitched up like a kipper. Yeah, well, this segment's petered out. It fucking petered up. I've got my Peter out. <laughs> I've got my Paul out. Oh! Hello, Peter. Catholic wank off. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Silverman's Platters. This is the segment of the show with myself and Paul. Listen to weird, wonderful, sometimes quite objectionable records. And then we say what we think of them. And then we give them a little mark. We either say it's a platter, which means we like it. Platter is what matters. Or it's a splatter, which means we'd like to liquefy it and then throw it at a wall so it makes a splatter a mark. Very much like a, a serial killer stabbing someone and then the police 
by the marks left after the murder, finds out. Are you all right? It's, I don't know how many times you want to redo this. Because no, that's fine. That's fine, no, that that's one. Fine no, that's all right. We'll keep that one in then. That's fine. We'll do that. Very much like a homicide detective. If the track, makes, forensic... a clack, if the track makes a clatter, we call it a splatter. Thank you. But if the track we think matters, we call it a platter. And it's nothing to do with blood splatters then. No, it's really not all shit splatters or piss splash. All fucking puke splatters. Spluke. What's worse, shit splash or puke splash? Where do I? Where is it going? Where is it splashing? You my mouth. To, you there's you, no into my mouth. No. Are you saying <laughs> would you rather someone puked into your mouth or shat no, into my mouth? No, I'm saying. Is that what you're asking? Because I can go. I'll do two minutes on that. <laughs> I'm not giving you two minutes on fucking R splash. Or, or puke splash. Or, or throat guns, yeah. I think yeah. we've done about two minutes on it already. Probably have, actually, about. So. Spunk. Fuck, you know. I just meant, if you were in an alleyway. Yeah. And, you, you know, you had to go for a pee. Would you pee nearest the puke or nearest the shit if you didn't have that much space? And That's you a, had... it's, a, it's a good question. It's a very good question. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a real life thing. I think. Yeah. I, I think trying to apply it to your human daily... shit, as in there's a little bit of toilet paper. Yeah, near that is turning my stomach. That is like, yeah, that's no, the fair, worst possible no, fair thing. Enough. So and I'd puke... rather much rather piss into some puke than that. Yeah, if it's just a dog turd, I'll probably go for that over the puke. So depends the origin of the shit. <laughs> well, it depends on the presence or non-presence of nasty bum wipe. Can you can you spot though at a couple of paces the difference between dog tods and man tods? Well, the man tods, there's often a, a tissue. <laughs> you know what I mean you know what I mean I know you but, know but sometimes you've seen you guys you know it's our male out. mammalian nose sense you where know where do you get the tissue from though wherever the f- McDonald's so what they've gone to McDonald's grabbed a few uh, whatever reason they can't you know serviettes people do take arse. shits oh I know I know apparently <laughs> outdoor fecalising um, that's not a word um, during the pandemic do you remember those news reports no they said people are taking loads of shit outdoors. Why? Because they, they don't can. Know several factors, yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm out for a walk. No one's around because of lockdown. I'm going to drop my pants and just shit here. Yes. Well, it's just because, obviously, because um, everywhere was closed. So you couldn't, there were no toilets available. The venues were closed, but bowels remained open yeah, for all of lockdown. Yeah, they do remain open, yeah. Yes well, um, yes. well, anyway, should we fucking crack on with <laughs> Silverman's what platter? What are you talking about? So, we have a few vinyl selections, one of which we're going to start with now. Okay. It came, I believe this is right, I hope I got this right, but Jake came to the show at the, at the Leicester Comedy Festival. Thank you. Enjoyed the show, promised a few vinyls. There's a lot of stuff in that pack that we'd, I like those two uh, moogs very quickly. Uh, thank you very much. One of these, well, I collect just generic genre moog records. There was a whole thing where yeah. moog records in, in the 70s, they do... Very much like uh, other easy, easy listening sort of tropes. Moo go do... disco, moo go country, country. moo go rock. And we had the country one was amazing. And he's yeah. Jake has sent me romantic moog, which Ooh. is ballads for uh, has... Lamore. Would you play that to get into a lady's knickers? I love this. It's on a, on the Contour label, which did put out a lot of these moog records. Switched on Bach, switched on yeah. classics, switched on this. You know, there's a whole they try and I've got Spanish moog. Yeah, Viva the Viva La Moog, it's called. Great, I love this shit, and I collect it. Is there is there like a heavy metal Moog? There must be, right? I think it's like a rock. Yeah, yeah the rock machine switched on rock. I we did it in the like show, Led Zeppelin or whatever. No, don't you remember the um the quiz in the show? Yeah, it was that version of uh, Jumpy Jack Frash. 
Oh, I guess that does that count. That was a switched but on I'm rock. I'm thinking like Van Halen or like Led heavy Zeppelin. Heavy metal, Moog. No, because yeah. I, th- I think the metal... Or Pantera. <laughs> the real metal era started Kinda. very late 70s, didn't it? It was yeah. hard rock before then. Well, Moog was still going to be evergreen for a while, Moog wasn't it? wasn't in the 80s. The Ark, Arp. The Arps had replaced Moog. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, the samples. And I think that they didn't do uh, novelty Moog genre records when metal was a thing. Anyway, this is Romantic Moog on Contour. Thank you very much, Jake. But even better. Yeah. Now, this is actually, this is Moog Indigo created by Jean-Jacques Perry. Now, there's a track on this called EVA, which I have on a a 7-inch single as well. Yes. Which is a huge, it's just a fucking piece of genius song. E V A and has its E V at boom 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 Play a bit of it now. You mean it's the Parkinson theme? No. It's got this groove and it's obviously. I'm also not editing this in because this does not fall in strictly speaking to our vinyl platter. Check out E V A, guys. It's one of the best Moog instrumentals of all time, and it's very recognisable. You'd recognise it. But this is the whole album. Thank you very much, Jake. I really, I mean, I really desire this, and this is uh, going to take pride of place in my Moog collection. Collection. Thank you very much. But great, great stuff. Here's the thing: the one we chose from the selection that Jake gave us is also the one we have the least to say about, but not for the want of looking. Love those Moog records. This is just—it's a terrible record. So it is called Top Cat Rap, Top Cat Rap, and it's part of uh, the whole uh, novelty rap. Genre, which was huge in the 80s, wasn't it? You had Morris and the Miners. What was that called? Uh, Stutter Rap. But that was more Beastie Boys, I guess, because this is a bit more kind of Jazzy Jeff. It's got a Jazzy Jeff feel, hasn't it, in the Fresh Prince? It's not good. The beat, when we were listening to it, I mentioned to you, the beat was giving me a migraine. It sounds like a two-year-old banging fucking drum machine. It's really uh, sort of kind of arrhythmic for some reason, isn't it? It's it's not a, a well-produced record. No. Uh, we're going to drop a clip of it in right now, just so you can get a taste of this fantastic piece of music. Just a minute. Hold it, hold it. One of you guys is out of tune. Uh, Benny the Ball, sound your A. Well, I was walking down the street, trying to act the minutes when I saw a small cat and his gang. What is this? We went across the road and not to this chick. She was bad-looking. go it is uh, um, stutter rap there was you're just going to carry on talking about other things then in the past i'm just saying i'm trying to position so we've just this. played the track now so we don't need to we're just repeating ourselves Novelty, but we always a theme in this segment over the years paul is yes. us saying that rap and like barnsley when we did this last time the barnsley rap barnsley bill yes it's a novelty rap was almost only acceptable in the uk as a novelty Yes, there's a genre. way for comedians or weird comedy producers or radio producers to kind of throw out weird tracks. To make a record. And isn't the it? thing about this is, okay. Wasn't there a Steve, sorry to interrupt, wasn't there a Steve Wright, we, didn't we do I years t- ago, Steve Wright, the Mr. Angry rap? 
Yeah, no, that might have been on Clinkable days. I don't even. I don't actually even know if we've done it as a cheap we show should, thing. You know what? We should revisit some of those. We should do records. the trials of Steve Wright and put all of his songs that he's released out and we do an ultimate judge of... I'd love to do like that. Like a best of the worst kind of thing. I'd love to do that. All right, let's do that for next time. We'll okay. do the trials of Steve Wright's music career and we'll line up as many as we can find and we'll listen to them all and then we'll judge on which is the best and which is the worst. The only point I'm trying to make is this is a record that is sort of jumping on two... Bandwagons. Two trends that were big in the, at the time. Novelty rap and crossover to cartoons or other... Well, sampling. Sampling to give you a hook to yeah. hang a rap off. Because this does use the Hanna-Barbera theme from the cartoon show Top Cat. Just so everyone knows, just to get out of the way, Top Cat, cartoon show made by Hanna-Barbera, famous animation studio that revolutionised TV animation with shows like Scooby-Doo and Flintstones. Like most of their formats, the Flintstones was obviously the Honeymooners, Top Cat was obviously Bilko. It was Bilko, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because obviously he's like Phil Silver, isn't it? It's the exact same pop, yes. but now it's a cat instead of being in the army. So they took basically um, successful Famous live sitcom. action sitcoms yeah. and turned them into cartoons. But they started by being the people who produced Tom and Jerry. Well, they were animators for Tom and Jerry when Tom and Jerry were under the MGM banner or whatever. And then they started their own company. I see. And then that's when all those famous shows that we all love and adore now. Top Cat in the UK was called Boss Cat because Top Cat was a cat food brand. And so the, to avoid legal whatevers, they changed it to Boss Cat. But did the Top Cat food brand, cat food brand, ever actually use the original Top Cat music from the, from the Hanna-Barbera cartoon to sell their food? Part of my brain thinks, yes, maybe in the late I 90s to remember it, yeah. or early 2000s when the copyright all went funny. They went, oh, let's for a laugh blah, 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 and use it. But I don't know. Very likely. And on CITV or whatever the equivalent was back in the day, yeah. they did. there was a Top Cat, they did show it. But well, yeah, it was shown in the UK. But how did they change it to Boss Cat then? Because the song is Top Cat. Because it was it was changed in America before. It wasn't uncommon for shows when they were sent around the world to get... Like, for instance, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, so they had to redub the song and Larry references to that phrase in the show and replace the word ninja with hero. And why was that? Why was it? Is that in the UK market? It was yeah. called hero because ninja was violent. Is that why? It was one of those things that the government pointlessly banned to protect the children. Because there was all like kids turning up in school with throwing stars and stuff. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. And so like, it's, it's weird, but it's that whole... It was another panic. But I mean, there was a bit more behind that panic than the satanic panic. But it was no more... I mean, you don't want weapons. Like, nun- nunchucks are pretty nasty No, weapons, but at the same time, it's like, rather than solve the problem, of dealing with that they just go and blame it on a cartoon and tell kids that you know that's yeah, the you bullshit can't, you can't have the word ninja in your stupid so cartoon, that's why yeah. it's shit because it doesn't actually solve the problem no. it just puts their fingers in their ears and say well we did that at yeah. least so top cat rap I, I looked for the artist who's called MC Bronx Discogs and any other website says this is all he's ever done uh, Zion V all they ever did was this the only one who had a bit of a uh, career was a guy called and you'll love this name Eli I think Burchell Savory <laughs> is the name. I'm not like even that. making it up. I do like it. It sounds like a cheap show character. Hello, I'm Burchell Savory, and I'm here to take you around the house of the rich and famous. Burchell like Savory, that. yeah. Um, no, but Savory is a legit surname, isn't it? it probably, yeah, yeah, very likely. That guy's but, got two surnames, one of which is, is Burchell, because that's like Julie Burchell. Or it might be Burchell. Burchell. My name is Bushel Savory. That sounds like a leather man. A leather man. I am Bushel Savory. Uh, chow down on this uh, crispy snack. It's on the uh, end of my pin. I am savory in name and savory in nature. <laughs> anyway, everything I looked into this basically seemed to exist for this one song. 100 to 1 records made for this. BB Productions did a few things. 
all for the label PRT, which was Pi Records in the UK until the 80s. Then it became PRT. Then it went back to Pi in 2006. Pi, obviously, it was a huge label back in the 60s. Though. Question. Did Pi also make equipment? In my head, I seem to see the Pi logo on things like record players. Am yes. I imagining that? No, they, you're right. They did. That's that, that three-pronged three sort of... Yeah. Right. They did. And they, ha- they were a big record label back in the 60s. They had the Kinks, for example. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is the thing. I heard this thinking, oh, it's one of those weird American songs that we've had in the past from the rap era. But no, it's the origin is the UK. And that's so weird when they put that on records. I think the Winky 7 has origin France. France, yeah. yeah. But this is it. It all see everything seems to exist for this one song, and it you didn't, didn't chart. See, did you see that it, it didn't chart? That's what I was going to ask. Nineteen eighty-eight, it came out, and that's it. It's just a cash-in that didn't didn't work, and it it's not surprising because there's no hooks. It sounds it sounds a mess. Terrible. The instrumental is slightly better. I, I like the sample for the actual top cat bit. That's fine, but the, that's the only a, bit that there's works. a bit from the cartoon, like a spoken word bit, right at the start of the record. Because just to from remind the, you that it exists, and that's pretty cool. Because I guess there was more retro nostalgia cachet with this back in the day because Top Cat wasn't on all the time, maybe. And I think there are, like, Jamaican dance hall artists called Top Cat. There's, it's a, used a lot. Fair enough. Uh, in that kind of area. And they've got someone to do the illustration. This isn't, like, a legit no. Hanna-Barbera. But it must be somewhat legit because it has a trademark copy of Hanna-Barbera on it and also they must have allowed them to use the sample. But to me, this looks like a graffiti artist. You know, graffiti, a big thing in graffiti was doing... Cartoon characters. Yeah. They do Snoopy, yeah, Mickey yeah, Mouse, yeah. whatever. To this day, that's something that graffiti well, it's like artists those, do. Uh, Popeye ones we see at the top of the road. Yeah. Exactly. And I, this to me, and look, if you look at the design of this cover, yeah. it looks like this guy has actually just, is a graffiti artist and has painted Top Cat TC's. There's, it says who did the, on the design wall. on the back. I yeah. think it's like Ingen or something it's called. If you look in the middle of the thing, it says Design Sleeve By. Ingenie. Ingenie. So whoever that is. Yeah. I've, it's, a, it's a graffiti style. Isn't it? That's all I'm saying. Look, here's the it's bottom a hip-hop line. record. Here's the bottom line. Eli Silverman, is it a platter or a splatter? For me, it's a definite splatter. Yeah, it's a splatter for me. It's not cute enough to be a platter. It's this not... musically is just inept, and it's not anything as good as as like proper hip-hop that was coming out of the States. It the sounds time. like the theme to Fresh Prince, if done on a cheap Casio keyboard yeah. with a Hanna-Barbera Honestly, sample. the beat, for me, if I was the record producer, I'd go, listen, lads, listen. Like, Calm this it beat down, is not. The beat is not dope or fat enough at all. The beat is just wrong. Is it not dope or fat for you? I'm sorry, I was working on my dope all week and oh, I've let Why you, do you down. Why do that voice? I don't have many, mate. Let well, me don't have... do my voices. No, this is my voice. This is not me, your uh... voice. It is. It's um, Bill Donut's voice, isn't it? Yeah, Bill... Do... Well, Donut is part of the overall... I'm not thinking about it anymore. Stop. We're going to move on to our next... No, I need to know from you. I said splatter. Okay, you're in agreement. Yeah, I am in agreement. It's cute, but not cute enough. But thank you, Jake, for those offerings. Now it's time for our next track. And this one, oh, it's a little bit disco, a little bit spacey. It is Sarah Brightman and the Starship Troopers with The Adventures of the Love Crusader. Ecstasy, the makers of the emotion potion, proudly present The Adventures of the Love Somewhere in the city. Can the foxy love crusaders steal the heart of the man of steel?
so yeah, Sarah Brightman, The Adventures of a Love Crusader. Now, um, I went to sarahbrightman.com to find some information out because Wikipedia didn't say much other than it reached about number 50 in the charts and the band was um, called Super Troopers for no real reason, really. I think it was just thrown together off the back of the other single, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it says, by the time of her second single, which was released in 1979, her first being, I'm in love with a Starship Trooper, which was done with her and Hot Gossip. I think, uh, yes. But not they didn't call themselves Hot Gossip hot when topic. they made it. No, Hot Gossip. Hot you, Topic's a shop. You said Hot Topic earlier in the other room. Yeah, but then I corrected myself no, and but said, that, I, it's Hot Gossip. Okay, sorry. Yeah. It's hot, hot Gossip then. Hot, hot gossip. gossip were a dance troupe, weren't they, that appeared on Top of the Pops. And but they sang as well, right? I thought they were like, they just did like dance routines, slightly That's risque. Legs and Co, isn't it though? And Pan's I People. I think Hot Gossip were exactly like Legs and Co. They were another. They were another sort of sexy dance troupe that, when they didn't have like an American artist doing a pop hit, they get them on to dance on top of the pop. I'm just going to say what Wiki says. Hot Gossip was a British dance troupe that made television appearances, and in 1978, backed Sarah Brightman on her single "I Lost My Heart to a Starship Trooper." There you go. Members: Alison Haley, Amanda Abs, Kim Leeson. Blah, blah, blah. Lost interest. They ran from 74 to 86. So I guess they were quite a long time. Over 12 years they were going. Yeah, but they also, weirdly, when you think about it, it's like, why didn't they end up with the second single? What happened with the second single that they went, no, we're all right, hot gossip. Well, they didn't contribute anything. um... They were backup, though. They must have done backup voices. Mm. I don't know. They're dancers. Anyway, I'll carry on with what it says. By the time... Her second single was released in 1979. Sarah had left Hop Gossip, so she was part of it. Ah. It's a bit like Diana Ross, I guess, and the Supremes kind of thing going on there. Well, she was a dancer then, but she... And then became a singer. And therefore was able to remove the obligatory references to the dance group. I see. To capitalise on the success of Starship Trooper, she credited her album, oh, to whole album, Sarah Brightman and the Starship Troopers. Wow. She struck out after that big first hit. For her follow-up to Starship Trooper, Sarah continues on an otherworldly theme. This time, she takes on Superman, although the name Superman is never mentioned. But there are unmistakable references to the Man of Steel, Kryptonite, and leaping tall buildings in a single bound. Indeed there are. Uh, let me just finish this. There's only a few more sentences. Sarah plays the Love Crusader, who is a lone love ranger come to set you on fire like a human torch. You'll burn with desire. It's enough for the Man of Steel to declare, baby, I know I'm powerful, but you've touched a nerve that makes me weak. The B-side was called Lost in Space. The Njorgen Zone shares the touching story of a woman droid who is banished to hyperspace exile in the Njorgen Zone. Sarah's heard lamenting, out of time, I'm lost in space. I'm adrift in the galaxy. The story's narrator, yeah, the song had a narrator, by the year 2629, no less than 84% of all woman droids had been lost through accidental time warps yeah. and correction trips to the other zones. But, but what? It's very, very poor taste. It's basically this guy flying through space going, oh, the women droids are, oh, I'm Captain Big Dick and the women droids aren't, you know, Weird. as if all women are robots. They're women, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Although some versions of this song came with a comic book and printed in red vinyl. I don't and the have comic the red book, vinyl. This is a black vinyl one. Without the cover, unfortunately, yeah. I picked up in a charity shop. The comic book was by William Stock, but included the song lyrics as dialogue in the comic strip. The single was released with different cover art in different parts of the world. Again, it's a huge theme in disco because disco basically coincided with Star Wars. 
which was the biggest ever spike in in science fiction of all time, right? And that's that whole thing as well about um, who was that artist who did like disco Star Wars theme? Nico, Miko, Miko. Yeah, yes. sorry. So there's all of that going on at the there's same time. Definitely, the, all these sort of. Where fads. was that? Was that that would have been like 77, 78 when Miko yeah, was doing exactly that? Exactly the same so, time. Yeah. So exactly the same time. So they're obviously trying to cash in, and this is a cash in on her first. It's like they said, oh right, that one that is a Starship Trooper, the um, your sci-fi themed first hit. Yeah. She was, we look, saw her. She was eighteen when she eighteen that. when she did uh, the first single, the uh, I'm in love, love with a Starship Trooper, and then she was nineteen when she recorded this one, which is basically just trying to com- replicate the success, isn't it? It feels weird that all of her album, oh, this one album, seems to be based all around UFOs. She did another song called "Love in a UFO," where she has. Uh, an alien invites her onto his UFO and she's unable to resist his beauty and so she goes with him into space. Fucking hell. And she has appeared on Silverman's Platters before, hasn't she? Because she did a fucking risible classics-based rap thing. Do you remember that record? What was that? Oh, that was these uh, Julie Wal- or, uh, Julie Andrews Sound of Music thing. Sound of Music rap. That was Sarah Brightman, wasn't it? Yeah. So there is an album called Super Troopers by the Citizens Federation. Which is her, is it? But it seems that it's... Uh, oh, weird. Oh, weird. No, I'm getting this confused. She re-recorded I Lost My Heart to a Starship Trooper. Oh, she did? But she re-recorded it for the film Starship Troopers even though it didn't end up in the film. Oh, weird. Yeah, weird. That is weird. It was more of a dance, Euro dance pop version of it. Yeah, because it was it was decades later, wasn't it? Yeah. In the weird. 90s, yeah. So there's all... Yeah, she's released quite a lot of stuff over her years, obviously, as you can imagine. Lots of solo albums, lots of theatre albums. But this track, what do you make of it? Um, For me... It's a splatter, I'm afraid. It's not as catchy as the other one. A Starship, Starship Trooper. It's no. definitely just a, a blatant trying to cash in. They've put the title, because they are the Starship Troopers, who are her band here. Yeah. They've literally put the title of the original hit into the name of the band. They're that unconfident, you know? They're trying to... There's The beat is not, like, funky enough. There's no sort of funk. It's a bit wispy, and isn't it? There's not enough squelchy, moogie, space effect no. stuff, you know? We I want, I want more space sound effects, yeah. lasers and so forth. I want more of that. And he's got an annoying, there's spoken word. Yeah, Love yeah, Crusader. yeah. He's got fucking annoying. Bollocks. <laughs> Fat, wide bollocks. So it's a splatter from you then There's a well. splatter from me, unfortunately, okay. today. And it looks like it might be a splat fest as we head into our final album. No, well, well, it's an album, this one, but we're going to cover one or two tracks. But this was the one I found in a charity shop. I've been looking for this for ages. It cost me, cost me 50p. And even though the cover isn't in the best condition, the vinyl's all right. And it's a nice blue, green. Tur- they describe it as turquoise, yeah. but it's very uh, green, light green to me. We are going to talk about, okay, folks, this is it. Kenny Everett's The World's Worst Record Show. Cringe along with us and listen to some of the most tasteless sounds around. Pain can be fun on Yuck Records. So we're going to play one track to start us off. And Eli wants to play this one. Well, it's not me. You do. I mean, I agree with you. I think this is definitely one we should play, but you were very keen on this. I like it. So this is called, this is by the legendary Stardust Cowboy, and it's called Paralyzed. Enjoy this. Smash, smash, follow me, so, girl, 
So, we went through the whole album, and some tracks are much more, like, enjoyable, quote-unquote, than others. Well, the thing is, some of them, can you really call a record truly bad if it's a novelty record and it's pretending to be? If it's curated, you mean? Well, if it's trying to be bad, if the record is designed to be humorous, like novelty records are, you know. I think it's one of these things where with novelty records, they very easily fall into one or two camps. They're either enjoyable dross that you forget about eventually, like Zig and Zag's Hands Up or Zig and Zag's Them Girls, Them Girls. That's where it's a, like That's a classic. It's a banging track, but it's a novelty track, right? Because it's two puppets singing about yeah. that. And then you get some of the stuff on this, which is just very strange creative choices made to music that ended up being successful, but like like Disco Duck became something of a sad reflection of trends of the time. For me, the, the most funny records on this are the ones where they're legitimately, legitimately trying just to have a, a normal record. Yeah. A, a legit pop record. And that one we just listened to. Why is the Stardust Cowboy that... That name is ringing a bell with me for, for something. All I can tell you is that we did some research on some of this. Because some of these uh, artists, like, for instance, um, just a bit of background. Kenny Everett, we talked about him before. Radio DJ in the UK. Very avant-garde. Liked to mess around with the formula. He used to do a thing where it was like the bottom 30, where his listeners could vote on songs that were released at the time. Because all these songs were the songs that came out a decade or two earlier or were reasonably contemporary that were getting released and getting airplay. Mm. No, well, one they go or back two to the are. 50s, some of them, then. Some do, yeah. But he would play them, and then the audience would rate how bad they were, right? I see. And you know that's what? Why he's... That's why Jess Conrad turns up three times on this. Right. But do you know what? It, it does come from a sort of long line of... Novelty jocks, yes. Doctor Demento being yeah, the original exactly. one, and yeah. he's doing a Doctor Demento, really. Isn't he was, the, he was, like, you know, very. Uh, I mean, we, again, we have talked about Kenny Everett before mm. on the show before, but like he, he celebrated the good and the bad. He was very up for going. Here's something you should definitely listen to for great reasons, yes. and here's something you should definitely listen to because it's fucking mad hot garbage, and this needs to be in your ears. Yes. So it's all done with wry humor and things, and obviously, after a while, the compilations came out, and this is the compilation of the songs chosen on his radio show. But that record, the Stardust Cowboy one, yeah. is just so funny. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like someone with with a one-man band stood next to a pisshead in the street at 3am yeah. and just recorded the session. It has a, a, a genuine sort of wildness to it that mm. can't be faked, you know? <laughs> so the story is, is that the legendary Stardust Cowboy's real name was Norman Carl Odom, born in 1947. And he is known as an outsider performer who's considered one of the pioneers of a genre that later became known as Psychobilly in the 60s. And you can definitely hear that in this. Psychobilly, but things like people like the Misfits. Psychobilly is like rockabilly meets punk. Yeah. So but this is it, rockabilly. It's like proto Psychobilly, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the background to this track is he was at college. And he had a wild idea about writing a song that would captivate people. I would say he's largely been successful with this track. <laughs> and he let it. He wrote this song, and I don't know how you write this. Well, it does have he, it does have a rhythm and a sort of <laughs> yeah. And he recorded it, and he performed it at talent contests. Fucking hilarious! Could you imagine that? So, like, that was uh, the Great Soprendo and Alison with her uh, magic show. Whoa, she did uh, my little. How much is that doggy in the window? Yeah, you know, like, uh, all of these. Yeah, little Bobby Sue and his and his Beef Nicks band, uh, whatever. God, what? <laughs> you. I'm just coming. Great Soprendo. Well, the Great Soprendo was a real. Uh, I know, but he wouldn't be in a. I just couldn't think of anyone else. <laughs> like the great, the great Jim <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes. So there'd be all these very tame... And then it would be, 
here's the Stardust Cowboy. Uh, it's like, but he sound, you know what it sounds like? It should duet with Big Daddy Bigfoot. Yeah. Because <laughs> you imagine, uh, it's, it's pure noise. You do Stardust and I'll do Right. Accurate. It reminds hang on, me. Hang on. He recorded this song in 1968 with, that he apparently did in his spare time. He played the Dobro and the Bugle while someone else played drums. And as you can hear on the track, it's just mad thrashing of everything. Yeah. 500 copies of the single were initially pressed and released on his own label called Psycho Suave. Cool. I think it's a great fucking name for it. Imagine something. getting hold of one of those. They must be. be and then it was it. picked up by Mercury who released it because it appeared on the Ronan Marty's Laugh-In show at some point. He releases it, blah, 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 blah. It also ended up being used. This is a nice story. This is the thing I like about this story. This track was used by NASA because in 1973, they would use the song to wake up the members of the space crew. The crew were allegedly so distracted from the shock over the course of the day that NASA forbade the use of that song ever again, effectively banning the song from space. Wow. It didn't it was, work. It it, no, it did work, but, but it, it obsessed, obsessed them so much that it was like, yeah, maybe don't do that yeah. one again. Maybe put that nice one by Sarah Brightman on. Well, you can imagine the CIA using it to torture people in Guantanamo, can't you? I mean, it's that kind of thing. It's, yeah, if it's that or it's the fucking Barney the Dinosaur theme. Um, so effectively, it was mentioned in a book in 1994 by a guy called Dave. Marsh, who said it was the worst song issued by a major label. Critic Toby Cresswell included it in his 1001 Songs uh, of All Time. 1001 Best Songs of All Time. The great songs of all time and artist stories and the secrets behind them. Uh. So I guess it's a reasonably broad remit. He then goes, the article goes on to say, and I'll finish off now, uh, it ranks in the top 15 in the first ever festive 50 favourite songs of the listeners of the John Peel radio show. Yeah, Peel, it it's the outsider thing. It has a sort of punk energy, a sort of, yeah. um, doesn't it? And then he released a load of other things. He released a song called I Took a Trip on a Gemini Spaceship, an LSD-type track. I would like to hear that as well. Uh, he did, did he a do song. a cover? No, he said, I thought about you. Okay. A stranger in the style of Van Housen Mercer's tune, I Thought About You, and was covered by longtime fan David Bowie on his Heathen album. That's the Stardust thing. So maybe isn't that Bowie is like isn't like um, I'm a star man. There's all that sort of um, crossover in terms of the sort of naming, isn't there, with Bowie? Yeah, and yeah. Odom, who didn't realise that Bowie was such a big fan of his work, returned the favour by recording a version of Space Oddity. Bowie himself said the term Stardust in Ziggy Stardust is taken from the legendary Stardust Cowboy. There you go. So there you go. There you go. It reminds me. That whole sort of scene in my head of him turning up at a sort of... Um, He's still alive, by the way. Amazing. Yeah. Turning up at a, um, a talent show and then doing that. Reminds me of a story my dad used to tell me about he went to some avant-garde classical uh, concert. Yeah. And it was with a modified... It was a piece for a modified piano, right? How was it modified? Did they, they put a tube in it? They little bits of wood and stuff. This is true. Yeah. And, like, stick them in between the piano strings. Yeah. So certain notes would be fine, but certain notes Wouldn't would go plank. And they would <laughs> And just... this guy came out. Yeah. Uh, he's there. You know, it's like a proper Suited concert hall. Like this guy comes out, you yeah. know, with a proper tux on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sits down, you know. And then starts playing. <laughs> it's like, Tronk, and apparently my dad and his friend, like they got the giggles. They were probably smoking. I was going to say, were drugs involved in this? They'd probably been smoking, but it's that it's that sort of nonsense with the 
you know, um, the incongruity of the the, the well played piano with the, the sabotage yeah. sound yeah. that oh, set yeah. them off with the giggles, and it's those are the most delicious giggles when you're not supposed to be, you know, when you're supposed to be like considering, oh, the avant garde, but it's just like, but you it's know, so yeah. I, I think it, it must have been designed that way to no, have that I reaction. Think, no, there was a lot. There's a lot of avant garde music that is. On just on the face of it, fucking hilarious because <laughs> isn't it? You yeah, know what because I mean? but that's an outsider. That's I love that outsider. I, I I am quite fascinated with outsider art of all sorts. Well, apparently, I mean, I, I've never heard about him until today, and so this mm. is quite fascinating. You know, he, he he was in a mockumentary in 2010 called Rainbow's End, and in 2020, someone was working on a documentary on his life, and no release date yet for it. I'd be fascinated to see that. I yeah, like documentaries I would, like that. So for me, that's definitely a, a platter. That so. One. In a nutshell, Bowie is a combination of the Stardust Cowboy and Anthony Newley in one little package. Crazy. Weird. Yeah. It's like, and yet Bowie is but that's, Bowie. But that's Bowie. That's what part of the genius of Bowie was he would take things that were very avant-garde, very outsider, and incorporate them into mainstream and make pop. make it mainstream, yeah. Rock, yeah. So I, I, I don't think it's fair to judge the whole album as a platter or splatter, but just for that one track. That's a... That's a a platter that's for me. a platter for me yeah. because when we listened to it it was just like all right this is fucking nuts and i like it yeah, i like it i like the kind of guttural hollow you know the the. it's going it's basically the I noise like to, is coming out i like to think that sometimes this podcast that we do paul yeah sometimes skirts similar areas to that pure noise terrorism sort of like oh i like crazy, that cheap yeah. show noise terrorism well grammar violence yes yeah violence to meaning and language now yeah are we going to have one more little listen? We've got one more on yeah. this because, again, there's just just for reference, it's it's an album, so you get twenty tracks on this all in. There's a few by Jess Conrad, who's a British singer who's known for being softer than Cliff Richard. Terrible, and a lot of his songs are like awful ballads that are cozy and lovely, awful, and lovely, awful, awful. And then there's like a, a style of songs that, although they're different artists, come up a lot, which is the tragic ballad, the spoken ballad. Yes, there's always someone talking about something tragic in their life with a background track going on. And over the course of this album, you get to hear about childbirth or death. You get to hear about drunk drivers. There's a lot of car crash and drunk driver things, aren't like there? a lot of stuff, yeah. like every. Every other song is a tragic ballad where some guy in a country western voice goes, and I lost control of the car and crashed into a hospital. There's a lot of that. But didn't... um, What? What's his name? What? You know, married to Philbin. Keith Chegwood had a CD out in the 90s. About bad records. But I think it was like One Hit Wonders or the worst hit One Hit Wonders. I got got that. and there's some. If I can ever find that, I'd like to pull it out because there's some good, interesting things on there. But lots of very strange tracks like... There is Spinning Wheel by Mel and Dave, which is a cover of a reggae track, which is awful to listen to because it's out it's of sync. It's not a cover of a reggae track. It's a cover of a British pop song, Spinning Wheel. It's not. It's a, it's a Three Dog Night track or whatever, isn't no, it? No, it was Blood, Sweat and Tears. Blood, Sweat and Tears, track. sorry. So that is not a reggae track, but this is a no, reggae. No, it's a rock song. Oh. Don't you know that? Spinning Wheel. Don't you know that song? Off the top of my head, no. And after and hearing it, this, it doesn't help me much to place it. And, and it's produced by that, that version, produced by extremely famous Jamaican Lee Scratch Perry. Producer. Lee Who Sp- I once met. You met Lee Scratch Perry? When I was working for Sanctuary Records and cataloguing all their music back in the early 2000s because they owned Trojan. He came in to talk about their box sets. He came in in a fog of weed, didn't say much, was surrounded by other people who did the speaking for him. Right. And then he left. Yeah. And I met him very briefly, and he just went, 
Yeah. yeah. And he was famously out. nuts. Uh, he claimed he was the king of Switzerland. We've um, all claimed that, mate, in our time. And also he famously got extremely paranoid and burnt his famous studio, Black Ark Studio. Yeah, yeah, down to the ground. In Kingston. And he burnt it down to the ground. Yeah. Including all the tapes. But listen. He's a fantastic producer. Yeah. Like, his, his legit stuff. Not here, though. No. Because it sounds but fucking also, dog shit. The singer is Dave Collins. Yeah. Who was on... The first ever Scar Jamaican number one record in Britain, which is even Millie's... Um... Philly Manili. No, Millie. What's that? My Boy Lollipop. That My was the first. Boy Lollipop. That was the first, but I don't know if that got to number one. I don't know. But Dave and Ansel Collins... Double Barrel. Double Barrel. Monkey Spanner was on the, on the flip side. But that was on top of the pops, and so Dave, Dave was a legit artist who was. Dave known. Barker's a great singer. Do you know what a fantastic song he did? Go on. Uh, is a, ver- a version of um, on Broadway. On Broadway, he does like a, a sort of reggae version of that, which is fantastic. Well, listen, we've got one more track on this album. We're going to play, and we're going to play fit for you now. And it's and this made me laugh my fucking tits off. But this is a lover's concerto by Mrs. Miller. Enjoy. <laughs> There beyond the hill, the bright colors of the rainbow. Some magic from above made this day for us just to fall in love. Now I belong to you from this day until forever. Just love me tenderly and I'll give to you every part of me. Don't ever make me cry Through long, lonely nights without love Be always true to me Keep this day in your heart eternally just a mad old woman singing i love it that's what i mean about those ones are more genuine the ones where they're genuinely trying to do something of funnier well it's, in- it's actually bad it's trying to be good but it's actually bad so that the lee scratch perry is that as well he's actually trying to make a record that is good but it came out bad because of probably because a lot used- of drunk booze related. and he also it yeah. says he used uh one of the women who was an employee in the studio. Yeah, she's not just banging singer. around. Yeah. And he went, do you want to come in and sing this, yeah. love? And she went, oh, yeah. just going to put the files away. <laughs> and then it was like, fine. So the lady, Mrs. Miller, was called Elva Ruby Miller. She went under the recording name of Mrs. Miller, American singer. She was famous for a series of shrill and off-tempo renditions of popular songs, such as Downtown, Moon River, Lover's Concerto, which you said is a cover of a... Uh, true, but it was a hit. Was no, it a Motown hit? No, it was like a copy Motown. It was, they were okay. called The Toys. Fotown hit. Yes, thank you. Good. Uh, no, they were called The Toys, and it's a pretty okay. good tune. And to boil her life down, it seems that she was born in Missouri. She was known for doing choirs and church and songs like, you know, doing stuff for the church. <laughs> and then she financed a song of her own called Slumber Song and sent it to local orphanages. To listen to. Huh. I mean, imagine her voice telling kids to go to sleep. Oh, go to sleep, little boy. <laughs> she prob- It was probably something religious. Very likely. Like probably encouraging the orphans to find God or something But some like that. guy called Fred Bock 
heard this recording and convinced her to try and put her vocal talents to more modern songs. The song was discovered by a radio disc jockey and would later on, later on go on to be the laughing announcer for Rowan and Marty. So once again, Rowan and Marty's come up in this and featured her on his, sh- on his show in the 60s, which led to an album by Capitol Records in 1965 by a young producer called Lex Azivo. And it's just that voice singing it's modern funny. songs. But there's a bit... But then she, you read earlier as well that she claimed, years later in an interview, she claimed that they'd... Yeah. The, the album that they'd taken the worst uh, takes. Well, it says here, she did an interview with Life magazine in, 60 sec- in 67. Capitol Records seemed to be eager to emphasise the amateurish quality of the singing. And she claims that during recording sessions, she was deliberately conducted one half beat ahead of the song or behind the song and that the songs on the finished album represented the worst takes of each set of recordings i can believe that they were very exploited which is a shitty thing to do it's a shitty thing but they did it all the time to people didn't they i don't know did they yes big record producers in that in those day and age would, would what would sabotage recording well sessions they just want to get reason? what they want to get and they think oh this is a novelty this people buy this because it's bad yeah and that's it but and you know what piece of evidence for me kind of corroborates what she says there go on is in that record that we listen to lovers concerto yeah. which is on there there's a bit where she's doing a sort of uh just doing a dumb dumb like doing, she's warming her voice up or something and it sounds like yeah They've that she doesn't in. know the lyric properly or she thinks it's not a take where they're actually going to use because yeah. she's just just vocalizing rather than actually singing words you know what I'm. You know what I'm trying to say there. i am aware of the yeah. things you're trying to impart with doesn't language that, doesn't that support her claim I think it does. That they just used a take that she didn't think was going to be the final take. So the album went on to sell 250,000 copies in its first three weeks. And then she went on to do a few more albums called Will Successful Mrs. Miller, The Country Soul of Mrs. Miller. She, then she appeared, she sang for American Servicemen in Vietnam. Yeah. She performed at the Hollywood she Bowl. She can obviously sing. It's just, it's comic because it that it's a sort of, Operatic, bad opera voice. It's a bit, and it's not suited to a popular song, is it? It's a bit like um, Margarita Prakatan. Yeah. Now, in many respects, she wasn't a bad singer. It's just her style didn't fit contemporary tracks. Yeah. Uh, but it did make you and me laugh at least twice because <laughs> she was in a funny. film with Roddy McDowell called The Cool Ones. Ah. I don't know that one. I've heard of that film. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, they dropped her when the novelty wore off. Uh, she released some self-released EPs in the 70s and then kind of vanished after 73 when she kind of just spent work working with charities. She moved from California. Well, she seems like quite a sort of pious woman. I, I, it, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. You know. uh, final little fact. She may have been the inspiration for a similar act called Mr. Miller and the Blue Notes who released a 66 version of Herman Hermit's Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter. That keeps on popping up, that song as well. Doesn't it? For you, Paul... And not to be confused, of course, with the huge, easy-listening star from Britain, Mrs. Mills. Yes, who we have really properly covered. There's not much to say, I guess, but people forget. Probably outsold the Beatles considerably. Mrs. Mills sold 80 million or something. I looked it up once. We'll have to look it up. But yeah, it's crazy how... Hearing like, who was the other one? It can't be 80 million. No, I know, but you know what I mean. It's something really high. Violently loud number of records. Like, who was the other one? uh, James Last. Yeah, James Last is another one who was like, he must have just like opened his pants and fucking records fell out. I think those people put put out basically an album every two or three months for several years in the 60s. Yeah. Anyway, that song brought me joy and therefore I give it the highest... Platter, I can. I, I agree. It made made me laugh. Yeah, out loud. Sort of, yeah, just know. a nice jolly. Isn't this daft and silly? She's going oh, for it. Bless her. Yeah, bless her. Cotton art. 
Um, so that's that. That but overall, the album, the world's worst record show. I lo- I enjoy things like that. I do too. I like the obscure, weird, bad record scene. I love the fact that it says on the back, it's got like a smoker's health thing on the corner where it says, uh, the HM government department health, this record can seriously damage your mental health. At the bottom, after listening to this record, you may feel like destroying it. May we suggest a constructive alternative? The tough turquoise vinyl of the record makes an excellent placemat for your hot soup. So why not rush out and buy five to complete the set? 1978. KTEL Records. Ah, KTEL, famous for putting out very cheap comps. Yeah, yeah, and this is probably one of the cheapest ones they could have done. So I'm going to say, as, as a kind of cultural artifact... I'm into it. I'm going to give this overall, even though the, the quality's all over the place, a, a platter. Definitely. Right, let's wrap this show up. No, no, we've got another segment. You know what, oh, seg- God. <laughs> you know what segment? Come on, Paul. Just a quick little game we're going to play for a laugh. Okay, yeah. Yes, go, go, go. So let's go ahead and do that now. Cue the sound effect. Gallows, gallows, gallows. Now, Paul. Yeah. Um, I've had a a lot of correspondence from listeners, and um, they all they say to me basically. I'll sum up what they say. A lot of them. There's hundreds. Please go shit because your farts are disgusting. No. And if you don't go toilet right now, I'm going to leave this podcast. I did go toilet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You saved this podcast. I can't believe we're talking about this. Well, but... I can't believe that you've just been opening your guts willy-nilly for the last two you hours. You do it. You know what the difference is, though? Oh, what? Your smell of flowers. Your fart smell of, of morning rain. No. Oh, my silent... new fragrance by Paul Gannon. Guffy morning rain. <laughs> Arse de toilette. <laughs> now. No. No, we're moving my, on from this. My silent ones are f- disgusting to smell, but my noisy ones are silent. Yours had the perfect alchemy of nasty rasp and horrible scent, and they go together quite badly. Are you done? Yes. Okay. Now, a lot of people are being in touch with me about... I also have got a new word for when I get an angry erection. I'm feeling throbnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good. I like uh, it. Anyway... Oh, proper Thanks problem. for trying, Oh, though. well, yeah. At uh, least I try. Paul, a lot of people... A lot getting... of people have been asking me <laughs> about something that's not true. I've been getting in touch with me, yeah. and they're asking, they say, Eli. They say, Eli, Do we they? love your jingle for Gannon's Golden Games. We love it. Do they? We absolutely love it. We adore all of the little bits you've added over the years, all of the little playful uh, motifs that go through your, your rendition of Gannon's Golden Games, the the theme, if I can call it that. Do you want to labour la- labor this any further? I do. I just want to labour it a bit further. Bored of hearing I your la- stupid floppy mouth. <laughs> it's not floppy. It's yeah. very tight, <laughs> depending on your girth. Um... <laughs> I'm not saying anything, because you're doing a great enough job now, of making they, yourself they, sound we like love, a prick. They say in unison, they say to me, yeah. they say to me in unison, we love, we love what you do musically and sort of comedically with the, the theme for Gannon's Golden Games. In fact, some... we are two minutes in and you're... Ha- uh, uh, but they say to no, me, they no. say to me, they say, but wouldn't it be good if you had a, a clear, a clear version where you can hear what is being said during the, the jingle? Yeah, where, where you can hear it clearly. And for them, the chorus of thousands asking for this, Paul. Yeah. I'm going to do a clear version. Go on. Okay. Including the little skip bit at the, at the beginning. Oh, 
Who's that over there? Don't shut up! No! This no, don't interrupt me! Getting edited out. No. Expect a glitch sound effect any moment now, ladies Why? and gentlemen. Why? Because it's gonna Golden Games. It's in the fucking it's in the fucking title theme. And you've just Michelle. said Gannon's Golden Games, so we no. can move on. Right, gonna, so no, here, I will not, I'm not going on. I'm welcome not, to Paul's no. Pleasant Pastimes, the segment of the show where I go through some it's of the It's Gannon's Golden Games. Thank you, glitch sound effect, for editing over that. It's Gannon's games yeah i did it again by the way oh it's gonna and Eli can keep games. on doing this all it's he's fucking likes but games. i'm gonna keep on dropping the glitch in it's gonna games right so we are playing a it's not even a board game really because there's no board element to it but it's a game based on a tv show as is my want and this is how is it your want because i like it's my it's my want to i've got a want buy do you know what I want board is? games based on tv shows Paul, from the past you, i know that i know yeah. that i respect that in you yeah. do you know what i want what i want is what is it a zig zigar i want to sing a hey, scanner scanner's golden games scanner's golden games scanner's golden games it's oh come on then paul Come on. Nah, I'm not doing this segment oh, ever again. No, no, nah, please. I'm not doing this segment Please, ever again. I'm sorry. I'm retiring this No, segment. please, I'm sorry. No more board games on No, this it's podcast. your want. I, have a I bo- like I have, the games. I have a storage with 150 board games in, mostly bought for this podcast. I'm that sorry. I because I have to pay 80 quid now a month to keep that. And it's just stagnating there. I'm sorry. I haven't even been on the show. And I don't know what to do with them. And I don't find the time to put them on eBay and sell them. Well, you I should. I haven't got the time to go to charity shops and give some of them back. I'll help you. I don't you. know what else to do. This segment's over. Right, well, that was Cheap Show for no, this week. Please, Thank I you for joining si- us. No, I won't. Si- I promise I won't Thank you for joining again. us. My name I is Paul no. Gannon. And if no. you want to go to our Come website, on. it's thecheapshow.co.uk where you can get all of uh, the details you need to follow us on social media or find out more about our episodes. So, thecheapshow.co.uk. You one-stop shop for merch, social media, website pages, images, videos, the lot. Uh, I'm Paul Gannon Paul, on Paul, please, Twitter, Paul, at The Cheap Show please, Pod. Eli Paul, is... let's play the game. No, please. At The Cheap Show no, Pod. I won't. And Eli is... I refuse, then. He's at Eli no, Snoy, you, this is, which you is need E-L-S-L-I-O-D. To, everyone wants to play the game, Paul. Uh, remember, your I vision play the game. is open now. No, we're not fucking doing it. Come That's on. It. The segment's this over. Is, this is your life game, everyone. It's not. We're not doing it. And it's not a board game, but it is a TV game, as is our want on this. It's a TV-based game. Oh, come on. This looks fun. No, you've, you've Come ruined on. it. Come on, no, I haven't ruined it. You've ruined it. I'm oh, bored Paul, it. stop being such a no. baby. Bollocks to you. I was trying to be funny. I've sat here breathing in your fucking dirty gravy arse mist throughout the whole of this fucking show. Come on, sometimes gravy's dirty. <laughs> it is, you're right, sometimes gravy's dirty. Come on, look, I promise to behave. Just go for me, you want, your want, yeah? I want to rip Eli's arsehole out. And feast on it like 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 salami like salami funyuns pepper army meaty funyun. <laughs> huh? You're treading on thin ice right now, All mate. Right. Did you try and say that wrong? But you got it came out. Yeah, right. that's weird, that isn't it? <laughs> weird how I wanted to say something wrong and it didn't, and then it came out right. Ha! That's what you should always do. <laughs> and then you'd say things right. Come on. I'm just going to be honest right now. Eli's absolutely assassinated my interest in this segment forever. Why? 
Just forever. Come on. I'm deflated. Being mean to everyone. Everyone wants to play your golden game. And then what's going to happen is we're going to play a bit of it, and then you're going to say this was shit, so what a waste of time that was. I will not say that. I will have a, a constructive criticism. So look, this is a, the, there was a TV show. We've referenced this on the podcast before in the past. Episode 100 is a great example of that. And the Richard Brandoff episode we did about his life. This Is Your Life was a show where celebrities were given a big reg book by Eamon Andrews. And they were given a kind of a brief tour through their life with celebrity friends popping in with their reminiscences. Yes, Eli. When I was a child, I can remember the, my first This Is Your Life host was... Um, Park, uh, Aspel. Asp, Aspel, yeah. That, Michael Aspel. I'm not doing any research, because fuck it. But was it based on an American show? Yeah, I believe it was. Because Eamon Andrews, weirdly, for an Irish TV presenter in the UK, had a very American style to him, he didn't did. he? He did, he did. He had a... Uh, who was the show of shows guy? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It had that vibe to it. Eamon Andrews was on that Kenny Since... Everett record. Yes, he was yeah. singing the, whis- the Shifting Whispering Sands or something. It was terrible. Which was a strange song that started off being like supernatural, spooky, and then went into another ballad of someone dying in a car crash. Yeah, thing. spoken ballad style one. Which might be one of my least favourite genres, yeah, especially in novelty. So the idea was a celebrity would be like in their final performance at the Royal Haymarket Theatre and then... You'd see Eamon Andrews off of the swings with this big red book and he'd be like winking at the camera. He goes, what Gilgood doesn't know is that this is just the beginning of tonight's performance because we're going to whisk him away to a BBC studio where we're going to go, this is your life. And then Gilgood or whatever would come out, Sid Little, whatever, would come out after a show. <laughs> a bit of a range there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the high class acting capabilities of a Sid Little with a... You get the joke. So, yes. um, and then he, Eamon Andrews would walk up, usually pull a beard off or take a hat off and go, it's Eamon Andrews, Sid Little, this is your life. I always found it horribly dull, apart from that bit at the beginning, which is, it's funny, it's like using... A prank show or candid camera. At they, the beginning, they prank yeah. the celebrity at the beginning, but then they sort of do a, uh, a tribute to them. Essentially, is the rest of it. It is life. strange to be like, we're going to set you up for a kind of bit of a prank, but actually afterwards we're going to give you a nice rubbing yes. off. You're going to fucking. So love it's it. not a roast, is it? Not, you know, no, it's not. A, it's, I mean, yeah. sometimes they come on. We're like, remember? Do you remember that time when that we were on tour over, yeah. and we were doing Blackpool Pleasure Beach? Remember the scene? And your cock fell out on stage, and I popped it back in when no one was looking. Remember that? Remember that time with Sid? your mouth? Yeah, I did with you lifted mouth. it with your mouth. You like did a... your deputy dog? I did my deputy dog impression, and I got down and I lapped at it with my little tongue. <laughs> with my tongue, I put, you hoisted I, it with your tongue. I lifted it up with my tongue, <laughs> and then I. Pushed it back in. You picked it up like a cat picking up its kitten, like yeah. with a folded <laughs> skin. <laughs> and I poked it in, and then I used my zips to zip you oh, up. Oh, God. I think perhaps we should have not done that. Sid Little and Eddie Large filleting each other on stage. <laughs> Come on, please. Now, what do you have in your hand? It looks, as Eddie Large once said to Sid Little. <laughs> You've got a big red book. So the game comes in this big red Faux replica, this is your life book. Because that's what it, that was famous. Famous for his book. And then that would have, it'd be like a photo album inside with all the script for the show in. Sid Little, you were born in 1933 and fucking whatever, don't give a shit. I'm not doing the research, whatever, you get the point. And the first moment you realise stardom was in your eyes was when 
the sign at the local kebab house fell on your head and you saw stars. Hee hee ho 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 hee hee ha. But wasn't a big trope was like, listen to this voice. Do you remember this voice? And then that person whose voice it was would actually be there. Come out, as yeah. Well. yeah. Sid Little, do you remember this voice? But they didn't know. Ooh, deputy dog. Oh, my God. Oh, deputy dog. Oh, Popeye. And then Sid Little go, yeah, it's fucking Eddie Lodge. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't they do that on uh, that Silla Black what, surprise, surprise, surprise? They said kind the voice. Of. Yeah. They played the voice before. Yeah, didn't kind they? of. Yeah. yeah. So this is a game based on that. And effectively what this game is, when you boil it all down, it's guess who. It's like, here are 10 clues. Can you guess who this celebrity is in the least number of clues possible? Who's going to play? Am I going to play? You're going to play. Ah. Now, there's a problem with this. The this... celebs are all long dead. Dead. And also, <laughs> I mean, like, unless you were like hot on current trends in what year was this made? 19. Oh, wow. 1990 this came out. Really? I thought this was much earlier. That's a Okay, well, maybe I've got a better chance then. I don't know. I've looked through some of these cards and it's like, Lord Dutch um, Peregrine the Third. Who Lord was... Dutch Peregrine the Third. <laughs> you know what I mean. I love it when that look comes onto your face and you have to think, make something up. Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> Julia Smithington, uh, OBE. There you go. And you think yeah. to yourself, oh... And every one of these cards has got that horrible thing where, like, you can't read it because it's blue writing on oh, red God. fist. So I've got to now slide it into this kind of little card reader okay, thing. Okay, you've got one. Okay. Which uh, I'm now going to have to put my flashlight on to read so All I can right. actually read it. And when you play this game with other people, you have the book opens up to reveal the whole game thing where you can put... Which is put, quite neat, quite nice. Very nice. You get little pieces in which go in the hole so you can mark the points. And you get a little spinner dial... Because the idea is... No dice, but there is a spinner. Yeah, because the idea is everyone plays together in big groups. But one person reads out the clue per round, right? And it moves on. But everyone else spins this little thing which says, miss a turn, you don't get a clue read out. Read your next clue aloud. So you read it aloud to everyone or you read it to yourself. And the idea is, out of these combinations of alternatives, who will get it first? It's not just me reading it out to you. Yes. However... That's the way we're going to play it. We're playing it today. Um, So I'm just going to see if I can find someone you might have a fucking chance of getting. (laughs) Like, for instance, do you know, Eli, who Carl Davis is? Carl Davis is... Is he... And all these people on this... An athlete. His TV work includes World of War. Fucking hell. He was born in fucking real or something. I don't know. Jesus. Anyway, I've got a card for you. I think you might get this one. Okay. Right, so let's go. This is your life. First clue, Eli. I'll always be together. (laughs) (laughs) In electric dreams. (laughs) 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 That's also more like blockbusters. (laughs) 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 Together in electric dreams. I love that electric (laughs) dreams. (laughs) Don't you think that's good, that electric dreams? Yes. Right, here's your first clue, Eli. Who is this celebrity? Clue one. It's got to say he was born age 19, but it doesn't say that. No, he was born on the 19th of April, 1955. Uh, so I'll give you a clue. This person you will know, for example. It's not like I've picked some okay, random 55, athlete. making him in 1990... Uh, what, late 40s? Late 40s. Oh, okay. yeah. No? Bit too vague for you? I can't. I mean... No. Is it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a he. Is it's it? a he. I'll it's give a, you that. Okay. Uh, next, he attended the County High School Dagenham, Essex. We're talking of a Londoner. Now, maybe I'm thinking uh, a famous Cockney, because Dagenham is yeah. traditionally a more working class part of the, the, the city. It is indeed, yes. Um, well, funnily enough, Dagenham comes up a lot 
when talking about this person in general. Um, next clue. He won an organ scholarship in, is it Magdalene College, Oxford? Yes. Mag- Ma- Madeline, Magdalene? Magdalene, Magdalene. All right, cool, because it's hard to read it with the red fucking yeah. text on a red piece of This is one of your thing. design... Um, Bugbears. Criticisms. Dog, uh, dog dare? Double dare. <laughs> double dare game also has the same dare. problem. Dog, double dog dare. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking, fucking spit roast, two dogs. I'm in the middle. The dogs fucking do me. Now, keyboard. Got organ, yeah. Organ, I think I scholarship. Know. Yeah. Do you want to say that? I have a guess. Do I still. I'll tell I you a... what, you can guess. And if you want, I can still ask questions. You can commit to it so you can change your answer if it, if it changes on the clues. Yeah. Who do you think it is then? Dudley Moore. Okay. Next question. So you got that. Uh, you said that on number three. Yeah. So number four is one of the original Beyond the Fringe members. It's Dudley Moore. It's Dudley Moore. You're quite correct. Yeah. The other clue is three. That's not bad. No, not at all. He was also. It says in, he was also star of not only but also uh, in that 1967. He appeared in a what the fuck's that say? The 1967 film. He appeared as a timid nightclub pianist. Arthur. No, I can't read it. It's called A Dangerous Something Something. It's really fucking hard to read this. Well, I won. Yeah. In 1978, he was in The Hound of the Baskervilles. Weirdly, not mentioning he was also in that with Peter Cook. Yeah. Was appeared with Bo Derek in ten. I would have got it then as well. Uh, yeah, Dudley Moore appeared on the show in 1987. On oh, this is your life. Yeah, nice. most of these people who answers on this card will have appeared on it. Will have appeared on it. And that's it. I'm bored now. You've well, done that... 20 minutes. I'm bored now. Oh, Christ! Stop peeling back the the curtain and letting them know that you're trying to rush that's it. through this, this episode's show. over because I've already uh we did the wrap up with the website and stuff, so I'm done. My Twitter is um... no. My Twitter is uh, Eli Snoid, spelled E-L-I-S-N-O-I-D, everybody. Um, and that Teen Yeti, because he's going to call me back. So that Teen Yeti lyric again is, uh, cryptids need environs like creased shirts need irons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul's getting his own back. I'm not in the room, I left. Oh, shut up. I'm not, it must be all you by yourself in the room, because it wasn't me, I'm not here. Now, if you do want to support this no, podcast on Patreon.com forward slash cheap show, I don't, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Pushing me. You have to get some physical it. violence in. Right, press it. the button then. This is episode's over right now. All right. My beard right oils or whatever. Bye. Say bye. Bye. bye.